You cannot understand America without understanding the South. It's the fastest growing, youngest, and most diverse part of the country. And Southerners are changing the music we listen to, the movies we watch, the food we eat, and the stories we share. I'm John Hammontree, host of The Reckon Interview, and each week I sit down and talk with some of the South's most interesting thinkers and creators. We talk about how this place shaped them and how they're reshaping the South. So go ahead and subscribe to The Reckon Interview, available wherever you get your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. When you map out cases, there are cases everywhere. Now the case rate is higher in counties with a majority black population than it is in counties with a majority white population, but the disparity in death rates is really quite astonishing. Today we hear from Olivia Pascal with Facing South, where she's a staff reporter who covers democracy, money and politics, the census, and agriculture. In a new piece on FacingSouth.org, she analyzed data about COVID-19 confirmed cases and deaths across the rural South. In the article called Here's What's Driving the Rural South's COVID-19 Outbreaks, her county-level data across the rural South finds that the virus has hit counties with prisons and meatpacking plants particularly hard, along with majority black rural counties across the Deep South. For the analysis, she said she used counties that the Census Bureau says have a 50% or more rural population. I spoke to Olivia about why outbreaks are so common in prisons and meatpacking plants, plus why the median number of confirmed cases for majority black counties in the rural South is more than quadruple the figure for majority white counties. In Alabama, advocates have called for Alabama to release prisoners and take other action to ensure the safety of our more than 20,000 prisoners. Now, your story says that four of the 10 worst current confirmed outbreaks in the U.S. are rural southern counties. All of them are driven by significant prison outbreak. Now, on the surface, with so many people confined in one place, a prison outbreak doesn't seem surprising, but it's not really that simple, is it? No. So what you see um, in counties with prison outbreaks is it's not just, you know, inmates who are infected with coronavirus. It's staff. It's people who are coming in and out of the prison, you know, coming to work and then going back out into the community. So there's a real concern about community spread in communities with prisons. And the other thing to note about that prison data is that when I talk to experts about this data, part of the reason that these outbreaks are so high is because First of all, because they're in sort of these very confined places, right? But also because there has been a concerted effort to test prisoners. So that county in Tennessee, Trousdale County, where I think the figure is over 1,200 inmates now have confirmed cases of coronavirus. The reason we know that is because the Tennessee governor tested everybody in that prison. And so there's concern that, you know, in prisons where testing hasn't been more prevalent, there might be similarly high outbreaks. Well, and you also mentioned meatpacking plants as a factor in these rural outbreaks, specifically mentioning the Wayne Farms chicken processing plant in Marshall County, Alabama. 
And I'm just curious, why meatpacking plants specifically? Why do those play a role in this? Yeah, so um, meatpacking plants, for people who aren't familiar, the way that work conditions are set up in uh, meatpacking plants, which often are uh, in the south are often poultry processing plants, workers are essentially on an assembly line where they're uh, deboning chicken or, uh, you know, whatever it is that they're doing on the line, they're shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. There's not really a lot of room to move around. So you've seen some poultry companies like Tyson um, and others start to institute uh, like plastic dividers on the line. But even then, you're still face to face with people, even if you're wearing a mask, like lunch break rooms are small and confined. And there's just not really enough space in the factories to social distance and the work conditions aren't conducive to sort of following like CDC recommended guidelines for how to avoid an infection. On top of that, a couple, what, three weeks ago now, the President Trump signed an executive order that sort of declared meatpacking plants critical infrastructure under the Defense Protection Act. And so basically they are all remaining open um, with a few exceptions, a few exceptions in the South in order for the meat supply to remain high um, was the rationale behind that order. Because they've been required to main, remain open for the most part, there's a lot of concern among, you know, labor advocates and workers themselves, even some that I've talked to, that there could be an increase in outbreaks in those plants. There's been some signaling from the federal government that uh, meatpacking companies will not be held liable for their workers if their workers get sick. And then obviously, you know, if you're working in a, in a meatpacking plant, you are probably going home to your family at the end of the day. And you might be living in a house, you know, with several generations of your family. A lot of the poultry labor workforce in the South is in immigrant communities. And so there's just a lot of variables that make meatpacking plants a kind of a a hot spot right now. Okay. And we've learned that African-Americans are dying in disproportionate numbers during the pandemic, but there was this perception that that was mostly happening in big cities, but your analysis tells a different story. What do your numbers tell you and why might this be happening? Yeah, so I wasn't able to go into uh, you know exactly the demographic breakdown of who is dying because of that county level data is very hard to come by right now. Um, essentially, what I found is as the African-American popula- share of a county's population rises in the South, so does the both the median case rate of up to a certain point and also the median death rate in that county. And that's all counties, not just counties, you know, with confirmed coronavirus cases or deaths. Now, there are fewer rural southern counties with majority black populations. There's uh, just under 100 of those. And more rural southern counties with majority white populations. But even then, the racial disparities are, honestly, I was shocked to see the extent of the disparities in the rural south. It is interesting, too, that you know, when you map out cases, there are cases everywhere. Now, the case rate is higher in counties with a majority black population than it is in counties with a majority white population. But the death rate, the disparity in death rates is really quite astonishing. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, I've done a considerable bit of reporting on rural health care access in the South. And, you know, it's been well documented that black communities have less trust in the medical system in the South because of its racist history. And also just less access uh, to insurance, less access to healthcare providers, um, and just lower health outcomes overall. So there's a lot of there's a lot of variables playing in there. 
Yeah, like you said, astonishing numbers. I mean, the data in the piece says the median number of confirmed cases per 100,000 for majority black counties in the rural south is more than quadruple the figure for majority white rural southern counties and the black share of the population in rural southern counties increases or as it increases the median number of confirmed covid cases per 100,000 rises and so does the number of deaths and I believe the numbers also said that the confirmed COVID cases per 100,000 among white people living in the same area or similar areas falls, correct? Yeah, so it's sort of like a, it's like a balancing effect. So you have, not a balancing effect, but as the white share of the county population declines, um, you see a decline in both median deaths and median cases. And as the black share rises, you see an increase in both cases and deaths. So the deaths do kind of go down a little bit once you hit. 75%. Your analysis, the data, it's obviously pretty sobering. And I just wonder, is there a silver lining for the rural South right now? Like, has testing increased? What do you think might encourage people living in these counties right now? Testing is becoming more accessible in the South at large. Um, you know, one of the things I would encourage people to do is, if your state has made testing more available, um, just go try to get tested if you can. The more testing that we have, the more data we have to sort of know the extent of the outbreak. I think the rural South is consistently in a really tough spot, especially minority communities in the rural South, um, and especially in the, in the deep South where you can sort of trace the legacy of slavery, the legacy of Jim Crow, and just a legacy of unequal access to the things that you need to be a thriving community and that you need for people to thrive. And this is my analysis is just, you know, another example of a phenomenon that's been pretty well documented. Olivia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate the work that y'all do. I read you all the time. So thank you. You can read Olivia's piece at FacingSouth.org and follow her on Twitter at Olivia C. Pascal. That's Pascal with an H. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thank you for listening.